Welcome to Saving You is Killing Me, Loving Someone with an Addiction podcast. Loving someone with an addiction is a life of chaos. This podcast is to help you take back your power and build strength, hope, and restore peace in your life. We use the science and art of positive psychology, professionals in their field, along with personal stories of hope, resilience, and strength. We hope you can discover how the courage to focus on you can help put your life back together. When you are in a place of exhaustion, hopelessness, and emptiness, we are a community that knows all too well the turmoil that comes from loving someone with an addiction. We are here to help you compassionately struggle well. Hey there, you're listening to the Saving You Is Killing Me podcast hosted by me, Andrea Seidel. I'm the author and founder of Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With An Addiction. This podcast is for you if you're ready to find a way to struggle well, take back your power, and live life happier while you're navigating loving or losing someone to addiction. I wholeheartedly believe that when you love someone with an addiction, your life gets damaged in some way. Since we can't control someone else's addiction, but we are greatly affected by it, the number one thing you can do is take back your power and focus on you. I believe happiness, joy, and well-being is available to anyone. So the thoughts and perspectives I share here on the show are my own and those of the guests on the show. If you ever hear anything that feels harmful or triggering, I'm pre-apologizing and I'm open to being better and value any feedback and the permission to be human. That said, always take what you love, what feels good and leave the rest. The conversations and tools I'll share here will give you everything you need to figure out exactly how to navigate addiction, put yourself first, and how to build resilience for your well-being in a way that feels really, really good. I use these tools to take back the power in my life to build my strength back up and restore peace, and I hope that you can do the same. Hey there, and welcome to the episode. My name's Andrea, and I always say I wish we were meeting under different circumstances, And but I'm so glad that you found us and that you found this community, and we are here to support you, and uh, nothing breaks my heart more to know that there are other people that are out there in this world struggling the way that I did, and um, I even have resilience training and training in postgraduate studies and positive psychology, and loving someone and losing someone to addiction was the hardest thing that I have gone through in my entire life. So I am here for you, and I thought today would be a really, really great episode because When the world where we love someone with an addiction and where there's love and addiction, where that world collides, uh, it's really easy to find yourself trapped in this cycle of hope, heartache, and longing for a relationship and companionship. 
And so in this episode, I really want to take us on a journey of self-discovery so we can delve into this idea and this concept of trauma bonding. Now, I didn't realize when I was in the muck that what I was dealing with is actual trauma bonding. Um, I knew what it was, but I didn't realize it was happening to me and for me. And so this podcast, I hope, is a powerful podcast that can help unravel the intricacies of trauma bonding, um, the dynamics of loving someone with an addiction, and basically the path to breaking free from trauma bonding. Even if you do, you're not sure you have it by the end of this episode, you'll see and you'll know. And um, so we're just going to unlock the chains that might bond bind us and help us on a journey towards self-love and liberation and just knowing that you will come away feeling a little more empowered, a little more enlightened to what is this trauma bonding and could I possibly be experiencing it? Um, So I just want to start with my own personal story and it's always hard to be vulnerable, but I know that so many of you uh, are here because you know I've gone through the experience and you know, sometimes it's really important to connect with others that have gone through the experience. So not only have formal education, but also have been through the muck of loving someone with an addiction because it's so hard and nobody really understands until they're in it. So I have to say that, um, I completely and deeply loved the person that I was with and he struggled with addiction. He had a hidden addiction and then he couldn't hide it anymore. And it was just bizarre behavior and I didn't know what I was dealing with. But this relationship was so complex because it was a perpetual cycle of, I was super hopeful for the relationship only to be let down and disappointed. And then I had so much emotional turmoil around it. And I, there were so many years that I loved this man and that he was incredible. And so, so many of my days were filled with uncertainty and filled with anxiety when he was in active addiction. And it was so confusing for, to me and his, his addiction basically consumed, started to consume his life. And so much so he wasn't acting like himself anymore. He was disappearing for long times on end. He was hiding out in the garage all night at times only to disappear. And I watch him drive out of the driveway. There was so much chaos surrounding him by the, but near the end of this relationship. And I was so, I still remain dedicated to him. I remain dedicated to supporting him, to believing that our love and our unwavering commitment will, you know, help him, will help him recover, will help him get better. I believed our love was so strong that it was so confusing for me. So in moments, you know, where um, my addicted loved one would reciprocate love back to me. Like he would show me so much affection. He, I would get glimmers of the guy that I fell in love with. I would get glimmers of the man that I just so admired and loved and just felt so safe in his arms. I would get glimmers of that. He would shower me with affection, tell me how amazing our relationship is, how good we are and how this is what he wants. He wants a future with me. And I would get so much warmth at times and a genuine desire for this companionship. It was amazing. So these fleeting moments of connection reinforced my belief that our love could conquer all. These 
reinforced and led me to believe that we're so in love and that yes, this is a challenge, but it's, we, we can make it work. So this cycle, I have to say, repeated itself so many times. So his addiction would resurface, his active addiction would overshadow our relationship, he would pick fights for me, he became distant, he would become emotionally withdrawn, and he would basically engage in lots of self-destructive behaviors such as drinking and driving and or what else that he was doing. And I was often left feeling super abandoned, uh, questioning my worth, questioning our relationship and questioning the love that we share. Like I, so many times I thought, okay, I'm going to put a for sale sign at the end of the road because I just can't do this anymore. Right. So then what happened is this, the absence or him disappearing it and, or not showing up or being unreliable or telling me he's going to get diesel only to return, not even like five hours later or not return at all. It's just, it becomes so unbearable and that I was really longing for him to come back to that place of loving companionship um, that we once shared. I was really like craving that because it's like, what is going on? And so I did reach a breaking point and I, I did reach a point where I was like, I kept contemplating leaving the relationship and I would like get to this breaking point where I'm going to put that for sale sign or what can I do or just kind of figuring things out. And then bingo, you know, my addicted loved one would reappear, resurface, full of remorse with empty like promises galore of changing and being better and being better for me. And he would come back and almost seek like our relationship again. And he would, I would be there to support him. I would help him. And he was almost exploiting me, right? I was like, when he needed to regroup and build his strength back up and get some sleep, I was that amazing person for him. But I loved it because that's the companionship. That's the love. That is what I was craving. So this would help me with my pain and feelings of abandonment and, um, and brought me so much hope for a better future. It would invigorate me as well and also reinvigorate my love for him. And that would rekindle my belief in our shared destiny, in our future together. It would rekindle that. And so this cycle of disappearing, reappearing, kept continuing over and over again. Like each time it was, you know, worse than the last. It kept getting longer days. It kept getting more abusive behavior. He kept like really pushing me away in so many ways. And it was an emotional roller coaster. I kept questioning my sanity. I was questioning my worth. I had such conflicting emotions. You know, what's, what's he dealing with? I would be trying to help him while he's not even around trying to figure it out. I would, you know, we all do it. And I began to even doubt my own perceptions. I started blaming myself for this challenging. I would even say to myself, why am I so stupid? Why am I here again, you know, dealing with this? And so this 
is what I believe is happening to a lot of us. And in psychological terms, it's called a trauma bond. This trauma bond holds us captive and it's blurring the lines between love and self-sacrifice as well as enabling. And so it's, it's very easy, as you can see, to fall into that trauma bond. It's very easy to go into that place. And so I just want to talk all about this idea of trauma bonding and how we can break free from the chains of trauma bonding. Now, do you find or see yourself in that story or little parts of it? Or it's so common when you love someone with an addiction for this to happen because we do get glimmers of hope. We do get glimmers of the love that we once had. They are usually empty vessels when they're in active addiction. They're empty vessels of the person that they used to be. But we have so much love for them. We care so much for them. And we, we get little positive reinforcements every now and then that keeps us there. Now, there's absolutely, and I want to just tell you, no, no, no shame around this. If you have found yourself in this perpetual cycle, we call it the merry-go-round, I want you to just wrap yourself in love and know that there is no shame around this, no guilt, just, just knowing what it is, is so important. I was in it. I have formal training in psychology and I didn't even recognize that I was in a trauma bond. And so, so it's just a label, but don't, don't take it to heart. Like there's something wrong with you, please, please, please. So the purpose of this podcast today is just, I want you to recognize what trauma bonding is and, and understand why it happens and then identifying those chains of trauma bonding. And then what I want you to do is love yourself out of a trauma bond. You know, this whole podcast community and my book is all about caring for yourself, having the courage to focus on you so you can put your life back together. So that is what this is going to be about today. Okay. So I want to empower you. I want you to know what this phenomenon is, trauma bonding, and I want you to understand that it may sound daunting, but it's crucial to understand this concept because if we don't understand it, it's going to hold us captive in an unhealthy relationship and it actually can hinder our personal growth. So we want to gain insight into trauma bonding and learning how to recognize its presence when we are embarking on this journey of self-care, caring for ourselves and self-love as well as liberation. So here we go. I'm going to guide you through this process and also help you, especially when you love someone with an addiction. So what is trauma bonding? I gave you the example. You can see it in that full example of how it happened to me. And basically it's an emotional attachment that forms between individuals. So it's usually in toxic relationships and it's characterized by the intermittent reinforcement of rewards and punishment. So it goes back and forth. You could see it in my story, right? It goes back be- between we feel rewarded, we feel good, with the re- it feels positive, we uh, have rushes of dopamine, we feel really, really nice in that relationship, we're getting our needs met. And so there's rewards, but then we get punished as well. And so there's the, you know, the neglect, the abuse, the addiction, right? It That suddenly pulls them away. And so 
this trauma bond arises when strong emotional connections develop. And so we have strong emotional connections and they're intense experiences such as abuse and neglect and, and the addiction, right? So over time, this bond, so we, we have this trauma and these intense experiences, and then we also get the relief. We get the reward after when they come back, they love bomb us, they give us what we want, they say what we want to hear, they reinforce the hope that we have in our heart, and you can see how it goes back and forth. So over time, it becomes distorted. It's a little bit of distorted perception of love because we we shouldn't be having those intense experiences of abuse and neglect and abandonment and things like that, in, right? And then followed by the other one. It should just be consistent. And so it causes us to remain entangled in that harmful dynamic. It involves us to remain in that relationship that maybe is unhealthy, and a lot of times when you love someone with an addiction, it's it's a very uh, unstable, intense experience. And so this is the concept of trauma bonding. So let's understand why it might happen. I think you can see why. Like literally, like if you look at my story, right, and I'm sure you find yourself in that in that as well, especially when you love someone with an addiction. So trauma bonding occurs basically because it's an interplay of psychological factors. So when you're faced with trauma, our minds seek out to make sense of the chaos. We are story-making brains. So we were humans that make stories. And so our mind is seeking to make sense of the chaos. And we're striving to find safety and security. That is what we're wired to do. We don't like abandonment. We don't like to feel, uh, you know, abused and all these things because it makes us feel unsafe and unsecure. And so we want, and we seek out safety and security. So in this quest, we might even latch onto our abuser or onto our addicted loved one, right? Because when they do come back, um, with this intermittent moments of kindness or sobriety and proof of their love, it bonds us to them even stronger because we feel so much relief. We suddenly feel safety. We suddenly feel security. And then it's like, oh my gosh, it's like, oh, thank goodness, right? I can't tell you how many times when I see his truck pull it back into the driveway and I would have this huge relief, like, thank goodness he's home safe. Oh my gosh, he's home. Like, And so our minds cling to those fleeting glimpses of affection and relief and, you know, hoping that they will become, that will become the norm, that we'll have all those feelings of relief and companionship and that that will stay. Uh, However, that isn't the case. And you can see how we get bonded by that, right? And so we hope that the glimmers of affection and hope and, um, you know, companionship and um, sobriety, we, we hope that in the proof of their love, that that is the norm, right? Rather than the exception, but really it, it becomes, it becomes fleeting. So 
How does that sound to you? Are you picking up on this? Like, does this sound like so common, so common when you love someone with an addiction that this happens um, because of the ups and down nature and the unpredictability of addiction? So let's identify some of the chains of trauma bonding. So by recognizing the signs of trauma bonding, it's a wonderful step that's going to help you reclaim your life and it's going to help you foster a healthy sense of yourself. It's going to help you in so many ways so you can you know see some of the common indicators that might indicate that you're you might be trapped in a trauma bond and awareness self-awareness as we know in psychology and, and is very very important it's the first step to realizing huh what's going on here and i i have to say like it was so hard for me to see um when i was in the muck and so that's why i'm doing this episode for you today okay so Basically, what we want to do is recognize the signs because it helps us to reclaim our life. So remember, there's that cyclical pattern of emotional highs and emotional lows. So you might experience intense moments of love and connection and that sense of relief only to be followed by episodes of super pain, betrayal, and or disappointment. Very, very common ups and downs, and there's that cyclical, cyclical pattern of the emotional highs and lows. That's why sometimes people refer to it's like being on a roller coaster when you love someone with an addiction, the ups and the downs. And so another thing is you might find yourself rationalizing harmful behavior. So I even used to say, okay, it's okay. He's out all night because he'll end up coming back and then I'll have that sense of relief and then we'll snuggle in bed. And it's so crazy that I was being actually in some moments okay with him being out all night or driving away when I know he's been drinking, which like normally in my brain, like what? No. And so rationalizing harmful behavior is one of the elements that you might be able to recognize the sign of trauma bonding. You find yourself justifying or making excuses for the actions of your loved ones. And like, it even took me telling my friend that, yeah, no, he, like he was up all night in the garage, but at least he's home. She's like, uh, yeah, but he's up all night in the garage. Like, that's so strange. Like, why is he not sleeping? And why is he out there all night? And what's he doing? You know? So sometimes we do start to rationalize harmful behavior. We find ourselves making excuses for their actions, you know, despite their negative impact, right? On our well-being, we make that excuse for them. And so that's another sign to identify that we might be in the chains of trauma bonding. The other thing that happens is I started not telling my friends because I realized, oh shoot, you know, if I tell them about the bad times and then I have all those good times, it's like, you know, I don't want to They'll see me having the good times with him, but then they'll remember the bad. So I actually isolated myself from support systems. And this is so common when we are in the chains of trauma bonding. So the relationship becomes all consuming. My relationship became all consuming. And I actually started withdrawing from some of my friends and my family. I couldn't tell my family everything I was dealing with. And then because sometimes you would have it together and be able to come to family functions and, and that's all I wanted. And so we, 
maybe withdrawal from activities too. I know I stopped being as social and doing the fun stuff, stopped doing my hikes in nature. I decreased how much yoga I was taking because I love yoga. And so these activities that once brought me joy and fulfillment, I was not doing them as much because I was so consumed by his behavior. And so the relationship in general. All right, so that's another sign, isolation from your support systems that might identify that you have some chains of trauma bonding going on. The other thing is the fear of leaving. This was me 100%. I didn't want to have to leave my home. I didn't want to have a relationship dissolve. I didn't want to have to start over again. I had such a fear of being alone and not and leaving him. And because I also believed that I had hope he was going to come back or the man I fell in love with is going to, you know, come back again. So you might have this fear of leaving as well. You might feel an, uh, a fear or an anxiety at the thought of leaving the relationship and that even that thought is so overwhelming. And even though that leaving might be really good for your well-being and leaving might be really good for your overall happen- happiness, I am not suggesting that this has to happen. If you have trauma bonding, I'm not saying you have to leave the relationship. That's not at all what I'm saying. It's just recognizing that that's one element fear of leaving that might indicate that you have some trauma bonding going on. I did a hundred percent, I didn't leave. Actually, I'm embarrassed to say, and I still, I should do a whole episode on uh, abandonment and my embarrassment. He left me after all the times I wanted to leave him and I stayed in it. He's the one that actually disappeared forever and didn't even say bye to the kids. So So I get this fear of leaving and I do know now in hindsight, looking back that I had such a trauma bond and, um, that's what kept me in the chains of that relationship. Okay. So cyclical patterns, rationalizing harmful behaviors, isolating from support systems and the fear of leaving. Those are some common, uh, chains of trauma bonding that you might those, those are some signs, right? That might be holding you back from stepping forward and reclaiming your life and fostering your own well-being. So just awareness is just for awareness, no judgment, no judgment, no judgment. Okay. So how do we get out of this? <laughs> That's the million dollar question here. So loving yourself out of a trauma bond. And I love saying it like that because you know, I am a positive psychology practitioner and it's all about self-care, self-compassion, upward spiral of positive emotions, gratitude, and just taking good care of yourself. And so let's think of how we can embrace ourselves and help ourselves break free from the chains of trauma bonding. It requires so much courage. It requires so much compassion and self-love. I had to, I forced myself into breaking the chains of trauma bonding because he left, disappeared. And so if you're in it still, you can still break free from the chains of trauma bonding by doing the following steps. And, um, but it takes courage and just recognizing is half the battle. So here we go. Compassion, self-care and love. I want to just walk through actionable steps that can help you 
on this journey of breaking the chains of trauma bonding that can help you. This can help you whether you have trauma bonding or not. So here we go. So self-awareness first key. So take the time to reflect on your emotions. Take the time to reflect on your thoughts and your behaviors within this relationship journal, write it out, um, voice dictate, talk it out with a friend, um, acknowledge the impact that the trauma bond is having on your well-being. Acknowledge the impact of the ups and downs of this relationship. How is it affecting your emotions, your thoughts, and your behaviors? Just this self-awareness piece is so key because that is the first step. Without judging yourself, look at it from a non-judgmental perspective. Okay. The next thing is to seek out support, reach out to trusted friends, family members, therapists, coaches, groups like the SYKM group. If you've not support joined our support group, we have a private Facebook support group called saving you is killing me. Spread it to your support communities. Tell them all about it because we have a ripple effect of support. Seeking support is so important because it's natural to pull away when you have a trauma bond or when you're in a relationship with addiction because there's the energy of shame around it, please, no shame, reach out to people where you can feel and they can provide a safe space for you where they might have shared experiences and you can gain valuable guidance. I cannot emphasize this more. It is so important. So another thing is to reclaim your identity. Now in my book, I talk all about this is about taking back who you are, who are you? Right. And sometimes we lose ourselves. I know I did. I lost my sparkle. That's why I started that me first challenge too. It's the first step to getting you back is reclaiming your identity. And so rediscover your passions, your hobbies, your interests. And sometimes they get overshadowed by this trauma bond. So engaging in those self-nurturing activities that just help rebuild this, your sense of yourself. So for me, it's like I stopped reading. Reading is like, oh my gosh, I own a publishing company. I help people write books. I read three to five books a week. I stopped all my reading and that is nuts to me. So I would invite you just to reclaim that identity. Try to slowly, even if it's baby steps, engaging in self-nurturing activities that bring you back to who you are and that you enjoy and those things that you enjoy. Start slowly reclaiming your identity. And now this is whether you're with your addicted loved one or not, or if it's a child, right? It's, this is so important. Um, also, and now we always talk about self setting healthy boundaries, right? And so we want to, again, I've done so many episodes on boundaries and a power of a positive no and things like that. So establishing clear boundaries that honor your well being. So remember boundaries are for you. And so what is it that you're saying yes to so that you can create a boundary around what you're saying no to. So think about what you want for yourself and communicate your needs Like get really clear on what is it that you want? What are your needs? What are your values? And then communicate these expectations for yourself and for your well-being. It's not the expectations of others. It's, you know, it's expectations for yourself and what you expect, your needs, your values, what you want to be met. And so even if you're just communicating them with yourself and declaring it, it's so powerful. 
because sometimes I know the addicted loved one, they don't care about your, what, what it is that you're needing or wanting or valuing. So um, enforcing those boundaries is really, really hard. Okay, so practice self-compassion. This is huge. Treating yourself with kindness because you might not be getting it all the time from your addicted loved one. Chances are, especially if you're in a trauma bond, there's the ups and downs. When you have the downs, right, it's so important for you to focus on healing, focus on self-kindness, embracing self-forgiveness, embracing compassion, embracing and recognizing that you're not alone and that there's so, so, so many people going through this and they are struggling as well. And just understand that your emotions are so valid and that this struggle is so common. And I just want you to know that I want you to really practice this self-compassion, be kind to yourself. It's like, cause I know I was saying, how can I be so stupid? I did it again. And so, but please, please, please wrap yourself in love. It makes sense that you've done this again. It makes sense because of those ups and downs and you are getting glimmers of hope. Okay. So explore personal growth. I love this one because if you're investing in your personal development, you feel really good. It helps to build confidence. It helps you gain knowledge. Maybe you attend some workshops or listen to podcasts or engage in different kinds of therapies or like fun things like sound healing or yoga or whatever it is. Anything that can empower you, it is so important. This will help you with growth. It'll help you feel resilient. It'll help you to heal and help you to grow. And so, so, so essential, especially when you're caught in the chains of a trauma bond, exploring your growth is really great because it builds your confidence and your self-efficacy and your sense of autonomy. Feel like you have influence on your life. And so another one that I really recommend, I love is visualizing a brighter future. So creating a vivid vision of the future that you really want for yourself and forget about, you know, all this trauma bonding, right. And, and, and just focus on the vision that who is it that you want to be? Um, what relationship do you want to be in? And not that you're really, you're leaving that relationship, just whether you're with the addicted loved one or not, it's like, how do you want to be treated? Like, how do you picture yourself? I used to lie in bed. I'm not kidding you. This is funny. I used to lie in bed and I would listen to Kane Brown's song. And some of the lyrics are like, he's so in love. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Whoever he's with is so lucky because, and those lyrics are so powerful because you know, that, that heaven couldn't be better than lying next to this person. Like, it's like his lyrics are so beautiful. And so I would internalize that feeling. Like, that's what I want someone to feel like that feels so lucky to be with me that just wants to, you know, rub my skin and snuggle and be with me and take the time and and just values the person that I am. And you know, so it's so fun to have that visualization of a brighter future for yourself or, um, focusing on what it is that you do want and then take small actionable steps towards its realization. Now I know I'm not going to end up having Kane Brown too bad, (laughs) but it's just, it's amazing how I could go into that feeling place of that's the man I deserve. And that is the man that I want. I want to have someone who feels that lucky to have me and be with me and treat me with so much love and care and make me feel so safe and loved that I embody that. I visualize that brighter future for myself. 
So that's just a side tangent. I know I went off on a side tangent with Kane Brown. <laughs> okay, so, oh my gosh, I hope you got a lot out of this, that the trauma bonding can feel like such a challenge and you may not have had the label for it before, um, but it is really a process that you can, once you have the self-awareness, once you have the awareness piece of what might be going on, you can tap into your resilience. You can tap into your strength to break free from this trauma bond. Once you recognize those signs and you embrace self-care, self-love, self-compassion, and you're taking intentional steps towards your healing, you can overcome the chains of that, that this trauma bond holds, how it holds you back. So this is a journey. It's a journey. It's not like you're not going to just get there right away. It is a journey to live liberate yourself so that you can have self-discovery, so you can have growth, so you can unwaveringly love yourself. And that's the goal here. So the first step is just, you know, recognizing the signs of trauma bonding. What is it? Understanding it, right? And then it's the process, looking at the cyclical patterns, right? The emotional highs, rationalizing harmful behaviors, isolating yourself from friends and, you know, the fear of leaving the relationship. So recognizing these signs can help you gain clarity and take more proactive steps towards healing. And then also this self-love and setting those healthy boundaries and nurturing this, can help you break free from trauma bonding, prioritizing your well-being by establishing, you know, what is it that you're needing? What are your expectations? What do you want for yourself? And then practice self-compassion and care and self-nurturing activities to help you rediscover your passions and your interests. And remember, your happiness is not dependent on fixing or saving your loved ones. Your happiness is not dependent on them. It starts with you prioritizing yourself. And then, of course, please, please, please seek support. Um, envision a brighter future for yourself, right? When you're you're not facing this journey alone. So reach out to trusted friends, support groups, coaches, and that can help provide you with guidance and surround yourself with that support system, right? Because oh my gosh, trauma bonding. There's so many complexities around that. And I just would love for you just to, you know, start small, right? Take some actionable steps towards your personal growth and happiness. So that's about it. I hope you got so much out of this episode. I know it's a deep topic, um, but by recognizing the signs, embracing self-care, self-love and compassion, setting boundaries, seeking support, you can break free from the chains of trauma bonding. And I wish for you, you know, creating this life filled with love and joy and happiness and authentic connections that feel really, really good. So that's it for today, my friends. I hope you have a wonderful week. I will be back for you again next week. And you know what? If you haven't written a review or shared this podcast with a support group, I really do encourage you to do that because 
This will create a ripple effect of support and care so that people don't feel alone. I do all this from my heart and from the experience that I went through and from my knowledge that I've learned over the years and my formal education. I do this from a place of so much care and I put a lot of love and attention to this. It would mean the world to me if you could share this. Share it with support groups that you're in, please. Share it by writing a review so others can see what's in these episodes and the support that they can receive as well. Because I know I felt so alone on this journey. And the last thing I want is for you to feel that way too. So I am here for you sending huge hug and hugs and love through the line and finding you where you're at. And I hope that you feel lifted. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you for listening. If you want additional support, you can head on over to our website at savingyouiskillingme.com, where we have a wonderful, supportive, compassionate community. We are here for you. You are not alone. We also have a private Facebook group and Instagram feed called Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With An Addiction. Be sure to subscribe here so you get the latest episodes. And of course, share this with your community and your support groups or anyone that's going through this struggle so we can all work together to take our lives back and restore joy. Thank you so much for joining me, not only today, but week after week. Although I wish we were meeting under different circumstances, I'm so grateful that I get to show up for you and share these episodes so that we can go on this journey together. Until next week, sending hugs.